This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, Episode 90, Half Mad. It's a busy time in Legend of the Five Rings right now. We have, let's say, half or so of A Coils of Madness previewed. We've got Kote action going on. We've got... AEG actually advertising job positions, including for the Imperial Herald. Who knows? It may come out someday. Allegedly. Yes, it will come out right after Art of War does. Any second now. That was Jay Earl. I am Chris Stevenson. Also with us today is Mike Cook. Yep. So... I guess we should see if there's anything we want to say about Kote season before we just start talking about the Ivory Edition stuff that we've all been looking at lately. It's awesome and really bad to be Phoenix. Yes. Imperials have now won a Kote. Two different Imperial decks have made the cut, both Honor decks and Blitz decks thus uh, proving very forward-thinking our thought that J.E.K. just J.E.K. XP just wouldn't be able to put together a good enough deck. We are are the awesome. Yep. No, I'm still holding out hope for the Phoenix that all of our potential picks will be killed before we get to the final weekend. Just to, just to see who we, who we get to pick from. Uh... Yeah, that that would be funny. The, the I think the lead the leading mantis guy is gone now, basically. Cause they're, well, they're, I think their leading vote getter was Kanaye, who is still a legal choice for right now, but you know is fallen, and will no longer be a legal choice once Coils of Madness becomes legal. So I think Kaji has opened up a pretty solid lead. Also, since it's Tuesday, April 30th, the Crab Clans website is down, so I don't have access to their preview cards, and I'm too lazy to go looking for them somewhere else, so we might have to yammer. We'll just, we'll just make them up. Well, or we'll wait till all what, the, the crane, what do we need? Uh, everybody else is up. Right. What, what do we need to say about them besides they've, they've apparently, based on the previews, we know their new theme, uh, dog followers? Yes, except... You know, Brian said you, you 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 can't really take that as a guide. Of course, I did note that what Brian didn't say was something like, "No, Cooney magistrates are not a theme." <laughs> right. Of course, Cooney magistrates are a theme. Dogs are the theme. Were you not paying attention? To this? Uh. We want to talk about coils of madness, but I think it's hard because it's very hard to talk about whether or not these cards are good or not and i've i've found my standard shifting i want to go back i remember like looking at i think the crab had the first previews and looking at them and going wow these guys are just not very good and as as later clans have gotten previewed i've generally found that wow i i tend to think that these are better or at least that some of them are but i don't know if that's because they really are or just because i'm kind of getting used to the power down level because when you look at the emperor edition only cards they all just scream ridiculous. Like, did you see the Kehoe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how they gave you the spider preview. It, well, it's it's better out of both spider and out of henshin than it is out of dragon monks. But that's because pretty much everything for monks is better. That doesn't say tattooed is better out of... It, it's not that it's better out of henshin because of anything about henshin. It's better out of henshin because henshin get to play out of Temple of Purity. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so they get to, oh, your giant guy has four less force, now I shoot him in the face from the battle. Uh, but yes, and it synergizes more with the spider monks, because 
they have weapons, so they're going to have the giant force. But it's still a really good card, regardless. No hiding place has been played, and it's just orders of magnitude worse than strength in the earth. So yes, and of course, therefore, strength of the earth is not ivory legal. So yeah, so each of the clans, it looks like you're getting two normal experienced guys. You're getting your flashback personality. You're getting your minor clan guy, except for the scorpion, because they turned one down, just like they turned down the advisor to the uh, from the show. The Although I seriously doubt that they are going to be rewarded with someone who gets as much play as <laughs> as Jimin did. Certainly hope not. No. Well, it's not not a question of hope or not. I just don't think that'll happen. You get the monk. I think that was from Gen Con. Each clan got to pick one of the monks, and you get an experienced fallen guy. You get a non-experienced fallen guy, and I think that's it. I think that like is the only. Are there any non-uniques in this set that aren't like that are clan aligned and not the fallen guys? I don't think so. Let's start with your Phoenix Jay. Did you have any particular thoughts on those? You got an experience of Shiba Iyamako, who's a who's a, now a five four for eight, and has an open ability that seems really people seem to like, but I looked at it and thought it was terrible for the most part. But then what do I? It's open. You have to bow one of your Shugenja. Bow Shugenja. Yeah, no, no. I, people really liked the Kune when he did some more things. I don't care for it personally. It's. I mean, the, the Samurai Shugenja has never worked, and when it rarely does, it's not really the Shugenja in the support role very well. I don't know. Guess they're trying that again. Well, I was just thinking more in terms of bowing a personality for plus one force or cavalry or conquer doesn't seem exciting. I mean, there are definitely going to be times when you want to do that, but... Uh, Asako Keitoko, you're just adding to the naughty words, I noticed. Yes, no, I'm highly amused about the new naughty words. <laughs> yes. I, I, I hope that continues along, that we have more naughty words to play with. As much as I like snork, having snorkfukfun, I don't I'll figure it out. At some yeah. Point. Well, and, and some of the naughty words are repeated on the experienced com kachiko and attacking you why can't we get that keyword i want that one well i i think the i mean this is and this is what i'm talking about with the as time goes on like i guess she's not people seem to think that she's not but i looked at at kachiko and she seems fantastic for a defensive deck oh yeah totally yeah link it minus one force to everything attacking you is stupendous and she gets to veiled menace ish every i mean you know lose two if your best guy actually attacks me that's that seems huge yes no i'm yeah i mean she's good enough to bring into other fact out of faction dishonor decks and that's how good she is let's see phoenix is Crazy fallen guy. I the artwork on the fallen guys is intentionally really weird. Yeah. So you've got the the crazy burning on fire eating rice guy. Right. But it's slightly overcooked. <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Now he seems like an exclusively fallen. He seems like an exclusively Panku deck card. Because his. Um, ability- I could is about madness tokens. Right, well, I mean, even so, he's three-fourths for three gold fire Shugenja. You just treat him as blank in the attack deck. Well, but you also lose two honor. True. Don't you... So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's right. Yes. Yes, but we also have high personal honors, so... Well, yeah, but if you're... You, you might squeeze into uh, an attack deck. Yeah. The let's see, one of your other Phoenix Ivory legal things was Moment of Destiny, where we see him. That's Suke, or is that no? That's not Suke. That's that's Sukune helping Tadaka. Yeah. 
Which is odd, because that's not... I guess we're going to have to wait and see how this whole flashback things work. Maybe that involved... Maybe that's involved in uh, Suke's flashback crazy moment. I, I, I assume, yeah, that that has to do with the the second day of thunder, the death of uh, Suki killing Ujimitsu, Sukune taking up Ofushiki, helping Tadaka to join with the other Thunders to take down Fufu before he does all of his nonsense. Yeah, but look how weak this move-in is compared to what we're used to. It costs money, it can't be used presenceless, well, at least for for, for Ivory Edition purposes. Now it can be used presenceless, but it's going to cost money, it can't be used presenceless, it can't be used unopposed, and it doesn't straighten even the personality, much less the unit. That's a serious power down, which is, yes. again, good, but wow. Now, a card that did not get a power down is Flame Lash. No. Good lord. Do people play with attachments that aren't spells anymore? Uh, Not after this card, no. <laughs> I agree with the flavor. You won't be needing that. Or that. Or that. <laughs> uh, so what did you think about your monk and your minor clan guy, Jay? Well, the monk, uh, I, I don't really care that much for, just because, I mean, you're, you're, if you're using his ability, he, it's a one-shot, one so you've paid eight gold for three cards a delay. So, I mean, it's not horrible, but it's not a great trade either. Uh... Probably be better in ivory when, you know, card draw will be expensive again. Yeah, I mean, because right now, right, we're willing to pay... It's always... It's, it's never a good comparison, but I'll, I'll point out, I guess, we're willing to pay five for one card with Traveling Peddler, but then, you know, Traveling traveling, yeah, traveling Peddler is also a two-for-two, two, so... Right. But then the, the Minor Clan guy just seems like fun. And man, these Minor Clan guys are cheap. Yes. Yeah, well, they're minor clan guys. They're lucky we let him in the club. Yeah, he's one of a couple of guys who have gigantic foreheads. I mean, right? His forehead is abnormally large. Well, I think? mean, actual samurai would shave their heads in that area, so I mean, that, that doesn't appear to be what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I well, because there's this guy, and I think there's one of the dragon guys, and and don't get me wrong, as as someone with a receding hairline, I understand the concept of your forehead getting bigger. <laughs> but it's still not supposed to ex- go like straight up from your eyes quite that much, I-, I think. I don't know. I don't know, Mike. I could ask you about your clan stuff, but you don't know what it is yet. I've got two guys. I love both of them. <laughs> Done. I'm glad you do. <laughs> yeah, Satori... Sort of has a semi pseudo kill action. He's mostly got a move home action, depending on the deck, maybe. Well, yeah, and well, if you get him dishonored beforehand, then it is just a kill action. Yeah, I I would imagine. And for for some bizarre reason, he has a heart. <laughs> I don't know where he picked that up. Last time we saw, he was without one. Wrong alternate reality. I think I've also wow. decided that the experience levels on these cards do not especially starting with Hattori, don't necessarily have anything to do with what is depicted on the card. So Yeah. But which they've said, I guess some of it was... I, I think maybe the art... Like, they had the art get set way before the cards themselves do. They've got to get that out about what the... But I don't know how much that matters with him. I think it mattered more with Saruchi, where he ended up as the card is inexperienced, but the character... Looks substantially older. I'm not he just, sure. He just has that Benjamin Button disease. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The the dragon ones, so I can get my whining out of the way. Well, okay, so we already talked about Usagi Seki, who I am guessing, unless there's some sort of dragon blitz deck. Uh, again, it's very, I mean... It's very hard to judge what the environment... Like, like, not judge. It's impossible to judge what's going to be going on in Ivory, but a 2-4 sky for 2 with what I think is a really weak trait. 
okay, so I can't shoot him with a ranged four. Whatever. He's still just a two-force guy. And the monk seems terrible. Kimura, forgiver of sins, she is a a monk for an honor deck, so she's not going to have any relevant keywords for an honor deck, for a dragon honor deck, unless they're bringing that back. And no, 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 no. Don't, don't they alternate what the monks are doing? So the last arc was military, so they should be back to ring honor now? No, I don't no. think so, because they thought that didn't make any sense thematically. But that hasn't stopped them before. That is true. I guess if the design team, like, actually, no. If the design team sits down and says, no, we're, this is what we're going to do, then the story team will make it make sense, because right. that's, you know. Because, uh, you know, collecting Pokemon, horribly honorable. <laughs> but, but her ability is like, let's so I discard a card, increase the honor game from your next proclaim this turn to equal the card's focus value. So, if I'm not playing an honor deck, there's no way I'm playing with that kind of, I mean, with this kind of card. It's, it doesn't, it's not even vaguely good enough honor meta or dishonor meta to be worth playing. Right now, she also can't seppuku, although I actually don't know if that's gonna stick, because if you note, the keywords of samurai and courtier aren't bolded, and in the interest of simplification, I wouldn't be surprised if when we get to Ivory Edition, anybody can seppuku. Yeah. I'd be surprised. But, so I, I discard a card to increase the value of my proclaim to, to whatever I discarded. So if we assume that I'm always discarding fours, and I'm playing an honor deck that isn't terrible, I'm basically just discarding a card, I'm using an up honor. a personality, yeah, to discard a card to gain one honor. That's awful. Pretty terrible. Okay, Ivory Edition, who knows? Maybe stuff changes, but, uh, the Dragon Fallen guy actually has a lot of potential, I think, because Expendable is good. When my guy's blowing up me getting a card, that's handy. He, he hates tomatoes. Yes. Well, he hates tomatoes, and he carries three swords, and he's the other guy who's got a gigantic forehead. Yeah. Just hope he doesn't headbutt you. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you probably can't... You, it's, it's the sort of thing that you probably don't really notice when you're looking at the card, because the art's so small, but the preview files they send out to the websites now are so big that the art is just huge. Now, I, I still think you don't... Like, this guy... Okay, this guy's not played now, because whatever, I, I'm i still not... I actually have the option to use a 3-force for 3 guy, and he's been unplayable for the entire arc. This guy's playability, you know, depends on the power down. The problem with his playability, you could generally say, well, Kensei are guys you want to load weapons on, not guys you want to get blown up. Well, that's fine, you don't have to put a weapon on everybody. But most of the Kensei have an honor requirement. And a lot of them have an honor requirement that you can't meet if you lose two honor. So that's kind of a problem. We'll have to see how that ends up. But extendable, expendable is a very attractive keyword for a personality to have, I think. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it's on a lightning rod personality like a Kensei should be. Yeah. Once you've loaded them up with weapons. Well, the Dragon Fallen guy is Satsu's kid. Takashi Noboru, who has an amazing ability. I like his new ability much better than his old one, although he's now a 3-4 for 9, because, you know, Ivory Edition. Uh, he's got Battle Bow a guy, and then you give Noboru a force bonus equal to the guy you just bowed, so I think that's going to be strong in Ivory Edition, but he's terrible in unopposed battles, and I'm not sure how that works out in uh, in Emperor Edition. Mitsu was the experienced guy. He seems he's five force for seven, effectively. You really, really want to have a turn where he doesn't fight, because what you really want to do is to go into your turn with him having the five fire tokens. Because it kind of he sucks if you have to range five with them and then your guy has and then he has no force left. Yeah. yeah. I like Kitsuki Kanaro, XP. Uh he seems like the most immediately useful of the uniques, although 
I imagine any other honor deck will love to see him on the table. Oh, look, it's that guy who can't target any of my guys because they all have three personal honor. <laughs> Still, I think that's a pretty solid ability. He's also one of the most, I think most of the benefits are irrelevant playability-wise, but there's the little relationship pairs. So he's paired up with Kakita Ichigiku. He and the Kakita have been doing their investigation. So now the last dragon guy, which I'm going to use to segue into the scorpion, is Kitsuki Daisuke XP2. So he's not bad, but I don't get excited about him. But then he's Ivory Edition, so maybe I shouldn't. What would you think about this guy if he was Crane, Mike? I would love him. I probably may steal him, steal him anyways. You discard the meta you don't need, and you take the duel because he's really gonna be mainly against a military deck. I would think. I don't. You don't typically try to top. De- I wouldn't think you would try to top deck a, a limited open duel. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that, but. And it's also hard to know because we don't know what dueling is going to look like in Ivory. Yeah, or how many there are going to be or how good their effects are going to be. I, I right. guess there's an implication, I think, that their effects are going to be strong mm-hmm. because otherwise that stinks. <laughs> yep. Which is why you then segue to Bayushi Kahoku XP2, who it's not a fair comparison. He's a scorpion. They're much lower family honor. It's a different deck. Uh, the dragon guy is limited. Look at the top three cards. Put an Iajutsu action into your hand. And then discard a card. Kahoku is, look at the top three cards. Take a political strategy and put it in your hand. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's better. You're always going to have political strategies. They're probably usually not going to be lethal, although several of them are right now. Limited. Draw Kitsuki Judgment. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> but he seems really good. I know, and immediately people were like, oh, but he doesn't have a battle action. And it's like, yes, he does. He just has to go get it. <laughs> and then the next turn, he has a new one. And the next turn, he has a new one. Limited draw a card is a really good ability. The other generic experienced for them is Kamioi, who. Also seems really solid. She can't use both of her abilities because they both require bowing, but political open, a target player loses an honor, political limited, dishonor a personality. She seems like she's going to be, she's going to rock the house come Ivory Edition. That's not amazing now. Right. But once you hit a power down, she's going to be amazing. Yes. Ways ways to reliably, reusably dishonor people are good. Although I I hope that her existence means that it's going Ivory Arc will be a easy to dishonor, not bad punishment arc, rather than a hard to dishonor, nasty punishment arc. Well probably. I mean I don't think it could be any easier to dishonor people than it has been in Emperor Edition, but Right, but I mean there have been other arcs where it's hard to dishonor someone, but when you do get them dishonored, the punishment is huge, like uh what was that old Scorpion Stronghold where it was bow your guy, they dishonor or they lose three. And, and you always would, lost three. Yeah, you would always lose the three because being dishonored was even worse. Yes, that always reminds me of yeah, the, the epically lengthy honor versus dishonor match I had against Franklin in the, the <laughs> top eight of the Atlanta Cote that I ended up winning. Where I, I've still got my, I, I actually kept my honor tracking sheet piece of paper. Or pieces of paper, yeah, for that match. But yeah, that that match, it was just all about never ending my turn with a dishonored guy, because then he could bomb you for like thirty or forty all at once. Well, and uh, I actually think Hattori Hattori kind of lends to that too, because not only uh, to refuse his duel, you also have to dishonor. Yeah. So that seems like it could also potentially, you know, it kind of lends itself to that theory. I think we will definitely still be in the relatively easy to dishonor land. I right. Just having a unique personality that says "open dishonor" guy, you've already right. A recur, a, recur, a reusable way to dishonor is already there. Yeah. So yes, I I hope that they, I hope that that is their intention is to make it easy to be dishonored 
but not that painful when it does happen. Yeah. So what do you think about the scorpion monk? Because they don't get a minor clan guy. Eh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's relatively cheap, and deck fate deck manipulation is good. Well, he's kind of, uh, isn't he? He seems very similar to the to the Phoenix uh, minor clan guy, except less synergistic with the keywords. Right. I, mean, I, I, well, I really like feel the like, Phoenix guy. I I do like the Phoenix guy. I I yeah. No, you're right. I no, I mean, I think I think he's completely unplayable in Emperor Edition. But come, oh, I yes, this last they all August. are. <laughs> you, you know how you could tell he's unplayable in, in Emperor Edition? He's got an Ivory Edition bug. Yes, yes, exactly. The lower left corner. Uh, now the Scorpion Fallen guy is is interesting though because he sort of seems more aimed at his own clan because he's actually got an honor loss ability, or maybe. He's just intended to synergize with the event. Every time they seppuku to get rid of madness tokens, they lose an honor. So it's meta against honor running decks, but... It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, he doesn't go in now, but it's hard to say what the deck will look like. Because, yeah, if, if Dishonor is prevalent and semi-painful, that makes seppuku valuable, which means punishing seppuku is a good effect for a Dishonor deck to have. Do you like the uh, upgraded, cheaper Crimson Mark? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, destroy a card. I'm guessing that this is going to be the standard destroy action. Uh, no. Standard. Destroy a target enemy card without attachments is still really... Or, or including the destroy this is standard. Yeah, I mean, destroy this is why it gets put on something that cheap. But I'm guessing, uh, I mean, part of, uh, maybe I'm incorrect in that, but it it seemed like what they really wanted to do was to make it hard to kill while you have attachments in Emperor, but easier to, like, bow, which, you know, is kind of a trade-off or whatever. But uh, I I guess that's still true. It's really just the clan champions that started killing through stuff. Yeah, I really hope that Battle Destroy a Target Enemy Card Without Attachments is not the standard action in Ivory Edition. No, 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 not, not the standard action, just like a standard kill. If you get a kill, this is going to be the type of kill you get. Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, I think, right, the Crimson Mark, which, man, they have, there have been a lot of ninja followers, and most of them have just been bad. Maybe that's true yes. of followers in general. Yes. Yep. But. Very, but, yes. And, and the... The ability to equip it as a battle action is not shabby. When when it was still a playable deck, being able to equip my weapons as a battle action does not stink. Oh, what's that? I need two more force to take the province? I will buy that province. Thank you. Yes. Right. But, I mean, to to go off of what Mike's saying, it would be interesting, because, I mean, in every arc, you have sort of those benchmark cards to say, this is sort of the standard of an action to be playable. And so it would be interesting if, as far as destruction goes, this is the benchmark, is you hit a card without attachments, and you have to kill your own thing. I'm not saying it will be, I'm saying it would be interesting if that is the benchmark for destruction, is you have to destroy your own thing, too, to get it. Hey, if my own thing costs two, I'm okay with that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you don't get the immediate additional action, unlike, say, somebody's spells. <laughs> or, I mean, um, what? So, so you have to play it, and your opponent gets the opportunity to shoot it first. But, I mean, you can still always just play it normally as a limited if you really want and, and sneak with it. Speaking of sneak, I... Oh, my gosh, the... The reconnaissance guy? <sighs> The follower whose reaction, or, I'm sorry, engage... Engagement. Force <laughs> penalty, sneak attack, what? <laughs> Very much Emperor Edition only, but man, the, the Emperor Edition only stuff in this is so over the top. I think they just kind of said, screw it, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I keep waiting to see an Emperor only bug, like, kill 37 guys, or... 
just completely ridiculous cards. Well, there's an Emperor Edition win the game, no? <laughs> Technically? True. There's an Emperor only destroy a tar- open destroy a province. <laughs> yes. That card yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and we're not going to get into Fudo and Fallen as their own things right now, because that, yeah, I don't know how you can really tell halfway through. But, and there's another solid card, I think, in the Scorpion ones that's Ivory Legal, the, the Tale of the Disgraced. Kind of a four, four magistrates or for the Fallen deck, kind of a Reckless Rush variant. And Reckless Rush was a, a decent card. Yeah. And so that, a yes. Reckless Rush light effect could be pretty strong come Ivory Edition launch. Right, especially if Bow is the standard action uh, for battles, a Bow card that strains you at the end, really strong. Yeah, well, and, and it's still Bow through attachments. Yes. Yeah. So but we're... you really need you need that strength to pay for the fact that your guy is going to be bowed, so ostensibly he won't be able to perform other actions in the battle. Right. Yeah, but but as we've learned from Reckless Rush, your guy being bowed for now, but then straightening later, is often an advantage, not a disadvantage. Right, right. especially if we're theorizing that Ivory is going to be bow-heavy, it's worth that cost of, okay, my guy can't do any more actions in this battle, but I'll still get his force at the end of it. Yeah, oh, but it's interesting. Does it signal that Ivory is... I mean, it's a power down, but not as far as, you know, not back. It's not like back to Samurai Edition levels or something where you know, draw your blade was the killer card. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, we should hit the unicorn uh, while we're just going through our clan sites. I adore the artwork on their Komori. I think it's fantastic. But, that yeah, limited just creating the the cavalry chud to throw out there and do whatever with. I could see that being more useful if you weren't unicorn and didn't already have infinite access to cavalry. But right. it, or the guy didn't go away at the end of the turn. Oh, well, that would be... No, no, that, yeah, that's no, fine. No, no, the He's... guy has to go away at the end of the turn. Oh, well, no. yeah, and I mean, well, but this precludes you, like, popping somebody into play and then, like, throwing something on him and going at something. Yeah, good. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying. Uh, it precludes you from being able to do that. Yeah. Which I also don't want to have happen, but that is, you know, if you were able to do that, then that would potentially be where it could be strong. You've got there, there Sang the Benevolent, the unicorn's monk would play very well in your uh, lots of bow actions vision of ivory, I imagine, Jay. Yes. I mean, again, it's it's hard to to know to. I mean, we're just speculating because we don't know what type of environment we're looking at. But yes, if we see a bow heavy environment, saying is great in that. Yeah. Now the unicorn, the unicorn fallen guy, I really like. He seems good. A lot of the unicorn decks don't have to worry about losing two honor that much. Uh, he's 7 gold. That's still boxable for them, but a 4 fourth boxable cavalry guy who also draws you a card if he blows up. Sounds, sounds good, yes. That, he feels to me like he's the most generically useful of the non-unique fallen guys we've seen. I might be forgetting someone, but unlike, say, like the crab guy who only cares, like, who's only good if you have madness tokens Ugh. which is you know worthless outside of yeah still fairly worthless inside yeah uh i don't know he could be a lot of force i again i you know who knows what's gonna end up with that Back in Emperor Edition only stuff, there's finally a really scary follower who's not like nine gold. Thunderous Legion. Yeah, looks looks good. Four 
big cavalry followers can be uh, come in handy. One even in Emperor, battle destroyed enemy card. Battle destroyed enemy card without attachments is actually still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Their XP personalities. I, I don't know. It's hard to look at Mingguac and think that he's not really weak. Yeah. Come, come on, Chris. Straightening Moshi Tomo- Tomiko is OP. <laughs> well, I was just thinking about the fact that his his ranged attack is a three. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes Saruchi look better and better with that battle range ten, huh? Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. And their other normal XP guy who's already captured, and I think, is this the first male character that Wabisano has drawn? The Selu experienced? I think so. But, and his ability is not bad either. Yeah, I mean, he still makes you discard a card, but you gotta search your whole deck, so... Right, going hunting out cards is uh, can come in handy. Yeah, and if you just gain a little bit of honor, it becomes very affordable. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think he's quite good. If they get another command, well, yeah, if they get another commander deck, even well, if yeah, they don't, I mean, you have to be playing followers or else. Eh. He's blank. Yeah, right. So, uh, on the the main site stuff. Is a malign military deck willing to suck the three honor loss on Sudokan? That's rough for them. All their guys have honor requirements. Yeah, oh, that, that was what I was saying for, um, even for the crane, oh, for, uh, Hideo, that three is still kind of rough. Because he's cheap, so you'd want to kind of get him early, but losing three honor means you kind of set your gold back a turn. You know, yeah, you still have to pay to buy somebody full to get yourself back up to where your honor requirements are, are met or something like that. I don't think it's as generally good as, as Border Keep experienced, but Border Keep XP2 could, I think, have a deck because it can let you play with three gold holdings like they cost two gold. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll disagree. I feel like there aren't quite enough three gold holdings that are amazing. I think the more interesting Border Keep XP is that it lets Lion play the Diamond Mine equivalents. Yes. Whether you actually would, I, I don't know. But having that option open suddenly could make yeah. for an interesting Lion deck. The Spider Fallen, the Spider Fallen guy Gyokin, I'm not impressed with him for Ivory. It's hard to assess how much destruction there is for. And how uh, do you tell the difference? I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not impressed with him for Emperor. Sorry. How do you tell the difference about, like between him what being he, used to be, he is now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he lost Paragon. But he lost Paragon. Sudokin lost Tactician. I think the general thought would be. The crazy, crazy, crazy people can't uh, latch on to to things as much, uh, you know, to these high-minded concepts like, you know, being a paragon of some sort of moral system, yes, or strategery. And Hideo is completely fine. He just started cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) And and a tanning salon. Yep. Started? Isn't he a crane? (laughs) Well, you know, Uh, he really started in it. Well, no, but a lot of the- no, no, he he didn't start cocaine. He's moved from cocaine into meth. <laughs> uh, dark audience I, I, is interesting for its implications. First, mechanically, it's a very, very seriously nerfed imperial gift. Uh, <laughs> right, you don't gain honor. You cannot use it to go get your broken unique because your opponent could just choose that to one to be removed from the game. It continues on the Kote promo pack theme of of the the whole. Oh, now all of a sudden the spider magic thing. Everybody knows that. Oops! It accidentally helps the people that you were trying to kill, and now everybody's going to the spider and. Uh, and winning a piece of that, although I'm, 
I, I was going to say, and I, I, I don't even have to say, I'm sure there are going to be. There already were people complaining about how, oh, this is another, the story not making sense, uh, people accepting blasphemous gaijin things too easily, and just to show you which forum I was reading this on, oh, this is stealing a shtick from the Asahina, who are supposed to be really good with crops. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure that pure blood magic is actually stealing a shtick from the phoenix. <laughs> yes. And I, I also want to point out for the spider player who seemed to be exulting in how the dragon were the ones who were depicted coming to them, that's actually a mantis. That's uh, the Hafnaga magistrate. Uh, they're green. Who can tell the difference? There's a difference? Let's acknowledge the fact that they actually drew art where it is clearly a specific other personality, right? This is something that Adrian has been trying to do with the art, where you actually see personalities showing up again. And it's the same bald, long, ponytail female character. We're just going to skip the false rings for now, because good lord. We'll chat about them when we have the full set. Yeah, we've got the full yeah. set. We've got the Fudo stuff. Who even knows? We got the Shadowlands unaligned guy who reminds me of the Blob as more than anything. He's got the sort of like I am so over I'm so obese that like my back is higher than the top of my head. You know, like I've seen sumo wrestlers, and I think he he's to the point where. He's not functional as a sumo wrestler. I mean, I know those guys are large, but they have to actually be able to move, and I don't think this guy can anymore. Kokujin has been received well mechanically, but, but the Lion players seem to hate Nimero. I think that's a fair assessment. Do they? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. What's wrong with them? Uh, that he's expensive and doesn't have a battle ability, and... Mm. He does have a battle ability. Discard a card to gain force equal to its focus value. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh. I like how R2 agreed with you on the nailing. Yep. So, I think that the last thing, that there's some random... Uh, uh, strategies being controlled. I think the last guy we will touch on is Zancho, who is the, I guess, is an, is an unaligned guy who's being used to round out the pairings, it seems, because he will not join spider players, and because apparently Daigatsu Eriken is his daddy. <clears throat> and this is what Zancho was, he was the sensei, the follower sensei who related to a mechanic that no longer exists in the game. Am I recalling that correctly? I have no idea what you're talking about. His basic version was the unaligned sensei, who was a 3 force for 3 gold, and he gave all of your followers a force bonus equal to their to plus 1 or their honor requirement, whichever is greater. And honor requirements on followers no longer exist. So the basic Zancho is uh, that ability, that sort of ability is not long for this world. And nobody wept? Uh, well, some people wept, but they're weeping for reasons that I don't care about. I am, <laughs> I am all for removing fiddly things from the rules that don't add very much to the game. So you guys have had the chance to listen now to the interview with Reese about Ivory Edition. Did you have any lingering questions or comments about what we've seen so far? I pretty much got to make all mine. Uh, no, not not, really, not that he was going to be able to answer. Yes, tell us exactly everything that you're changing. Now. I, 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 I kind of wish that they would. I, I mean, I understand that they want to build suspense and keep people interested or whatever, but I feel like even like you know the rules changes, I, I would like those a lot faster. Well, the set isn't coming out till next year. True. Well, as, no, it should be ended like November, December, right? Except if you go to L5R.com and you click on products and then do mm -hmm. Ivory Edition, 
the page is basically blank, except it says Ivory Edition is coming out in 2014. Huh. So maybe they're scooting that back. So, well, as long as it comes out before Kote season, it doesn't really matter. Right. Well, that's that's going to put... I wonder Plus, what they're going to do, though. Because, so this is the set for May, right? Because this is coming out next this month. Yes. Uh, and probably end of the month. But that would be June, July, August would be typically when you'd get your next set. Then it would be September, October, November when you'd normally get your... There's going to be a available at Gen Con and hopefully for real out at Gen Con, but you know who knows set and and yeah they they can't go from a planned August release to a planned January release. I don't think without a set. I don't think they would want to. So that seems likely that then there's something else in there. Although of course then you're you know depending on how I. I don't know, what's the ideal thing to have then? August, November, February, then they're all at least three months apart? Yeah. But Coils, yeah, Coils of Madness is, I think, actually supposed to be dropping in early May, because, like, on the 12th or something, because then it's, because they've already announced the release date, and then it's going to be legal for most of the June Cote. Oh, that's right, because I, I think my guys are still got, of the crane, are still, like, at least a week away, because I think they're the 10th. Well, I mean, they're uh, more than halfway through the pre- main page previews, so... Yeah. Oh, they, they, it's usually a week before the previews finish uh, until the set actually releases. It's usually a week. They, a lot of times they do it a month before the set releases. Not that any of that's in hard stone or anything. Uh, no, no, no. This is... I think the the 30-day preview schedule on this gets up right next to the the release date. Although, I don't even know how it's being... It's, so it's the direct to retailers, but I guess the retailers have to order at least five, and I've, I guess some of the retailers are. I've seen some retailers say that they're still not thrilled about it because they have to pay more for this than they have to pay for a box. So it's not there's not the same kind of margin on it that there is normally on them buying a CCG. I mean, it's more right. than if it was a direct-to-player set because they get to sell it at all, and it's only being released to re- retailers for. There's going to be a limited time frame where retailers can get it, and then, but then it's still going to continue to be available on the AEG website. I don't know. I wonder how long they're going to make the boosters available for, because I, I feel like this set is going to sell more out of boosters than it is the whole set. Well, and I guess when I say that, all of Everything that I was just talking about is the tin, right? So yeah, I mean, I think the the boosters are going to be available. They'll be available like a normal expansion. They'll print right. however much they printed them, and they'll be available until they're sold out. Well, and on, on top of the store, probably preferring that method of distribution. I just I feel like me as a player, I would want to look at it more like that, and then just trade for whatever I needed. Well, certainly if you're just looking ahead to Ivory Edition. Yeah. And you don't care. I mean, well, you're going to miss out on other stuff. There's going to be a, I'm sure there's going to be a big storybook in there where we get to see. It is nice to get to go back and see cool stories about, at least I'm assuming that they're going to be, we're going to get stories in the book about, like, oh, here's another story about Kachiko. Here's another story about Mitsu. Here's another story about Saruchi. Saruchi is awesome, by the way. Yeah. Actually, I know I'm a Dragon Club player. I never really cared that much about Mitsu. Saruchi is, to me, Heresy. much cooler than Mitsu was. I, I, I always, I mean, I thought Hattori was a pretty interesting character. He was pretty flawed. Yeah. To start off the, the perfect clan, well, not the perfect clan, but, you know, the, the clan that likes to talk about how perfect they are. He's a very flawed champion. Oh, yeah, well, he was flawed. Kachiko is flawed as all get out. I guess Mitsu was not really flawed. He was just random awesome guy who showed up. Yeah. Sort of like, well, this isn't serious enough for to, for Yakuni himself to show up, so we'll have Mitsu do it instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And that was back when the tattooed men were rare. Yes. Because it was really what tattooed men really started. Like, 
again, since we were talking about the CCG driving the story, Tattooed Men started being really everywhere when the Brotherhood went away as a faction. And so monks became a much bigger dragon theme and house of Dao was a dragon stronghold and and that's when the well i guess that was a little bit after that because that was diamond edition and the monks were gone as of gold edition but and that that's when when monks really became a big explosion of presence in the card game for dragon and then the story follows the card game, so I don't know. Uh, but I think that's enough uh, Legend of the Five Rings for now. I'm pretty sure we could BS about it for at least another hour, but then I'd have to edit all of that, so we'll save commentary on the story and the Panku cards and the Madness cards and... God only knows whatever else I can do to annoy Brian. Uh, until <laughs> next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, you have been listening to Strange Assembly, although you probably figured that out by now. As and Maybe not against your will. As, as always, we would love it if you came and visit us at strangeassembly.com, or you can get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter, where we're Strange Assembly and at Strange Assembly. You can, as always, reach me at Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. We always like to hear your feedback, as long as it's not calling me a Nazi. That's been done, so we're we're fine on that. But if it's at all more constructive than that, then it would be uh then we'd be glad to hear it. But until next time, I am Chris Stevenson for Jay Earl and Mike Cook and. Well, yeah, we're done.